to The Big Interview. The Big Interview from the Customer Experience Foundation is our podcast where we talk to the people at the sharp end of CX and contact centres. The movers and the shakers, the innovators, the disruptors and the people delivering in the real world who share their personal stories and the journey through our industry. This week I'm delighted to be joined by Justin Custer who is CEO at Chatlingle. Chatlingual is setting a new standard for how companies deliver customer experience through a multilingual, agent-focused contact centre platform. After studying engineering, Justin spent the majority of his career gaining experience from consulting Global 500s with Accenture in 12 countries across six industries. And while he's not splitting his time between the Denver HQ and the London office, you can find Justin in the mountains, often biking and skiing. Justin, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Keith, thanks so much. Super happy to be here. So talk to us about um, what Chatlingual is and what your role is in the organization. Uh, Tell us all about it. Um, Great question. So I'm the the founder and the CEO. So I sort of came up with the idea, of course, influenced by uh, the industry and colleagues and and former clients and customers. But really, it, it came about from seeing the industry, the way that the industry approached customer service and seeing two major challenges uh, that just really stood out. Uh, So the first, I think, you know, the audience might have recognized from the name of the company, we saw challenges around language. Um, And language has been a challenge for humans for thousands of years. And today, most companies are really solving that challenge the same way that we did then. You know, the first approach is sort of ignoring the problem and of course, the the opportunity that comes with it. And the second approach is hiring bilingual speakers to, to, to solve those. And uh, in terms of hiring bilingual speakers, that's just full of, of uh, challenges around contact center operations and, and staffing. And so if you think about sort of the progression of technology, I would say, you know, really in the past five years, uh, has it become viable to start to solve these human language challenges using computers instead of people? And so that offers just a whole new way of thinking about how you deliver delightful experiences to your customers. Uh, so language kind of problem number one. Problem number two is really around enterprise-grade customer service software. And uh, that software has often been designed uh, not really for purpose, not for the agents that use it every day, but really for uh, the few within an organization that seek to gather you know, specific points of reporting from it. So we started Chatlingo to really solve those two challenges. How can we build better enterprise-grade customer service software, and how can we start to solve language uh, around customer service in a really different and, and elegant way? Fantastic. So what, what is it that Chatlingo brings to the market that's new and innovative? Great question. Um, I would say from a technology perspective, we're enabling our clients to provide seamless language support across a hundred language to their customers. Um, And when, you know, when you think about language, language is a a big bucket, 
right? And we like to separate that into two smaller buckets. The first is really around interpretation. And if you think about interpretation, it's really facilitating a, a real-time conversation between people. Uh, the second component of language really is around translation of, of content, right? And this might be content that uh, your customer service organization needs in order to deliver that support to customers. It could be uh, knowledge for your advisors, or it could be uh, reporting data. And so we provide the end-to-end -end solutions for both customer service and for language across interpretations and translations. Okay, so why is that different? What, what, what makes it better than doing it the old way? Than doing it the old way of hiring bilingual speakers? Well, yeah. when, when you start to think about hiring bilingual speakers uh, in order to provide customer service, uh, it, it becomes very complex very quickly. Um, you know, the, the, the real big reason is around the recruiting, uh, the hiring, the training, and, and retention of customer service advisors in general. Uh, customer service is a, a tough industry, uh, for sure. And there's not a lot of room for upward mobility. Because of that, the churn that you have for you know, customer service advisors is, is very high compared to other industries. And when you have language as a constraint, uh, especially at scale, it means you have to start to go to certain geographic locations in order to find the people that you want to hire. And another thing just about that constraint is when, when language becomes a requirement, really the most important skill set that you want to be able to hire for is for people who are passionate about providing great customer service. Um, and that, that pool of people is fairly broad. But when you say, hey, I actually need somebody that can provide great customer service who speaks Dutch, uh, that talent pool becomes very small very quickly. And so in order to even go and find and hire those people to keep them is, is difficult, but then to do that at scale becomes incredibly challenging. Yeah, I can completely see that. So what's the benefit either for companies or the customers in providing support in the customer's preferred language? So when it comes to your customers, uh, there's significant data out there in the market, you know, just to throw a couple of stats out there. Um, <clears throat> when given the choice between between buying two similar products, right, seventy six percent of uh, global customer or global consumers are going to choose the one with information that's in their native language. So seventy six percent are going to choose the product that has information in their native language. And where that starts to become interesting is also around price sensitivity. Customers actually say that they're willing to pay more to get that information in their na native language. So Big benefit there. Seventy-five percent of consumers say that they're more likely to purchase this from the same brand again if customer service is in their native language. And uh, sixty percent of respondents say that native language support has increased their loyalty to the brand. So because of that, right? Hey, why why do we care about language? Well, it's better for your business. Uh, it's better for your business, and it's better for your customers. Yeah. So it drives loyalty as well, right? There's a there's a proven there's a proven proven ROI through that. Proven ROI through loyalty and propensity to buy to buy more products and services that you offer. Yeah. Okay. Thinking about um, some some of the technicalities about how it works. Then companies might in the past have used translation plugins, that kind of thing. Why would Chatlingle be better than that? 
So good, good question, right? And I think it goes back to sort of those two disparate challenges uh, that we help our clients solve. So one is around enterprise-grade customer service software. And if, if you look at much of the software that's available today, it's 25 to 30 years old. And so from a, 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 obviously like an engineering architecture perspective, but also from a user experience perspective, it often wasn't fit for purpose. And so what happens is when you take a platform and you start to add on a bunch of, uh, you know, plugins or other different types of services into the UI for the agent, it creates a, a very complex experience. Let me just kind of paint the picture here for you for a moment. If, if you're a customer service advisor at one of our clients, uh, before we started working with them, uh, you might access 18 different applications in order to provide an answer to a customer service request. So 18 different services that you would need to go and access in order to provide information, to find the information and provide it. And that just creates an incredibly difficult situation for a human to kind of work within. And so a plugin just adds to that complexity. If instead uh, you're able to design a system really from the first line of code that we did uh, with language in mind, solving for both interpretation and translation across a bunch of different facets from an agent's experience, we're able to provide a, a really elegant experience. So in the, in the contact center space, there are a number of sort of key performance indicators that are, are really important to your business. Uh, one of those is, of course, the ramp time of advisors. Hey, from the moment that you hire an advisor, how long does it take to train that person to be able to provide customer service to your customers on their own in a really effective way? And that's one of the, uh, the key metrics that we focus on uh, through our software platform. So we combine interpretation and and translation capabilities to the agent in a seamless way to significantly reduce that ramp time for our clients. Yes, fantastic. And something that we've touched on before, and I've seen this with some of your clients, is this, um, this issue of comprehensibility and accuracy. Can you expand on that for us? Absolutely. So, you know, I think most of us are not, uh, language experts. Um, but of course, when we start to have these types of conversations, everybody becomes language experts very quickly. And so one of the questions that, of course, we get, we get asked quite a bit is, hey, how do you measure accuracy? And what's interesting is ultimately you want to get to what your customers care about, right? And, and what we see customers care about the most is, can, can you help me resolve my issue that I'm having with your product or service as easily, as quickly and as delightfully as possible. And so those are the three kind of subcategories that customers are looking for. Um, Actually, if you take a look at the transcripts that customers and agents send back and forth in order to kind of resolve that issue or have that conversation, um, and and you take a look at the information the customers send, it's fraught with like syntactical errors, grammatical errors, uh, punctuation errors, spelling errors, right? So that that is a real indicator that those types of things aren't necessarily important to a customer in the customer service part of the conversation. Same, right? If you take a look at uh, the content that agents are sending back and forth, there are lots of, of errors as well. And so accuracy is, is, is part of that. And when it comes to interpretation, accuracy is really around, you know, precision. 
And one of the one of the examples that I kind of like to use, if if you check out Google Translate, which by the way is an absolutely uh, phenomenal uh, technology, and uh, real props to Google for um, investing in that and, and solving this this problem uh, for you know society that we've had forever. Uh, but if if you take a look at at some of the options out there and you input a phrase, say it's raining cats and dogs, as an example. And if you run that through some of the machine translation engines that are out there in the market, uh, you might get a very accurate uh, translation in German of it's raining cats and dogs. Perfect, uh, very accurate translation. But of course, if you actually shared that with a German speaker, they would have no idea what you're talking about. It would be nonsensical. And so then if, if accuracy isn't the right thing to measure, um, what is, right? And so what we've decided to focus on as a company is, is comprehensibility. Are your customers able to understand the conversation sufficiently well uh, in order to get their you know, issue resolved? And through that, is it a, a sufficiently frictionless and delightful conversation? We have uh, millions of data points across uh, over 100 languages uh, that say, absolutely. Uh, for, for most customers, uh, it's, it's more important to get uh, their answers and to have a conversation in their native language uh, to have than to have accurate quote unquote conversations in order to do that. Yeah. And, and this is very much about digital channels, right? Um, why is that a focus for chat lingo instead of voice? That's a great question. The, the simple answer is we follow our customers. So we, right. we care about what it's important to our clients and we're, you know, expecting that they're focused on what's important to their customers. And the reason that we're focused on written channels or digital channels is because that's what our clients uh, and their customers want the most. It's, it's kind of interesting if, if you, you know, rewind about 35 years, that's when, you know, we as humans kind of really started building customer service software. And what we called it at the time was really call center software. And why call center? Well, because email, you know, messaging, social media, chat, none of those existed at the time. And so the way that we communicated with each other as humans, uh, you know, across long distances was, was with phone calls. We would make phone calls. And so that concept uh, was really the basis uh, or that communication channel was the basis for customer service communications. And I mean, I think that, you know, humans and business, uh, businesses don't, don't love change. We're always slow to adopt it, sometimes faster than others, of course. But um, some companies out there still really rely on voice. And for, for a small subset of, of companies, voice is probably the right channel. But for the majority of companies and the majority of customers, they would much prefer uh, to get support through digital channels. So that's where we focus today. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. And thinking about the platforms that this works on, if if an organization is, has got a certain platform, are you, are, you, are you working across multiple platforms? Is it dependent on certain platforms? How does that fit in? Great question. So kind of as I alluded to earlier, one of our clients might use uh, 18 different applications in order for their customer service advisors to provide support to their customers. So most of our clients already have an existing tech stack. And that yes. tech stack is going to include uh, many disparate uh, types of services. And so our approach is we want to make it as easy for our clients to leverage Chatlingual as possible. So with our unified desktop, 
we integrate with most CRMs, uh, with most you know business intelligence or data warehouse tools. Uh, we also integrate with uh, different survey platforms and knowledge platforms. Uh, and so what we want to be able to do is make it as easy for our clients to adopt our technology as possible. And so our integration strategy is a, uh, an important uh, differentiator that we bring to the table. Fantastic. And, and thinking more personally, Justin, um, what were some of the challenges you found when you, when you actually started Chatlingo as a, as a founder? And, and you, obviously it's grown successfully, but you know, every, every business starts on, on, on day one. Talk us to some of the challenges that you had to overcome. Keith, uh, the list of challenges. I thought this was going to be a short podcast. Uh, list of challenges are are long uh, in getting a you know um, a enterprise focused B two B venture backed SaaS company uh, from a napkin uh, to to what it is today. There are so many things that are uh, within your control, of course, or within your influence, but uh, so many with uh, that are outside of your control as well. You know, I would say one of the biggest challenges that was also a real benefit to us, if, if you look at, you know, where where venture, venture capitalists focus and what's important to them when making investments, right? You'll hear them talk about team, of course. Um, you'll hear them talk about solution, which is kind of finding product market fit. Um, but I would say that the, the critical piece the most important one that even if you have the best team and the best product, the one that matters is timing. And so you really have to get timing correct to make sure that you're finding, you know, buyers uh, that are interested in the solution that you have, or obviously curating the solution to go find the right buyers. And so I would say one of the most challenging things is, as I had mentioned earlier, it's only been in the past five years in the entire history of humanity where it's become viable to start to solve these human language challenges using computers instead of people. And once again, people and companies are often afraid of change and they're certainly resistant to it. So what we're offering is really on the leading edge of technology right now. And we've certainly been able to find you know, clients that are innovators uh, or early adopters of, of technology, and they're reaping the benefits, right, of, of, of taking the perceived risk, so to speak, and working with us. So uh, one of the biggest challenges was offering something that's so new, specifically focused on enterprise, and then being able to go and find, you know, those buyers in the market that were willing to take that risk. Now, obviously, fortunately, that uh, benefits us well because we're very early to market. Right now, what we're doing is uh, on the leading edge of technology, but 10 years from now, the solution that we're bringing to market is going to be ubiquitous, right? In 20 years, we're going to look back and think to ourselves, or not even think to ourselves, we'll have forgotten that we hired bilingual speakers to do these types of jobs. Yeah. Um, so it was uh, very difficult to work with clients early on to be able to show them, you know, our minimum viable product or early prototypes and convince them that we could solve these major business challenges for them. Yeah. Obviously, we have some of the biggest clients in the world that are using our, our business critical software and seeing incredible results uh, for their business. So what's, what is next? What's the future? What should we be looking out for? Where, what, what, if, we, if we have this conversation again in five years' time, what will we be talking about? 
<clears throat> five years time, what we'll be focused on is most companies out there are going to be offering support in every language to their customers, right? So today we're still, you know, very much of the mindset that you need to hire bilingual speakers in order to do that. And we know that that is just incredibly challenging and expensive, but you'll start to see a shift where, you know, folks that are in this uh, industry and in the, the, the decision-making seats within this industry realize that um, leveraging chat lingual in our platform we can turn on languages in a day. So fundamentally changing your go-to-market strategy, fundamentally changing your staffing and operating you know, landscape across your business, that's going to change. We're going to start to see um, companies with fewer contact centers, um, and they're going to be more centrally located contact centers. Uh, we're going to see a shift where people start to focus on hiring the best customer service advisors um, aside from language. That's that's one major shift. I would say the second one is around the usability uh, and uh, ability to implement and maintain and support enterprise-focused customer service software. Uh, so those are two big changes five years from now that I think we'll look back on and say, wow, hey, software's gotten a lot easier and uh, we can provide support to our customers in their native language uh, even if that means supporting a hundred languages. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you, uh, Justin. And thinking more personally now, um, how do you perhaps unwind and escape from it all? It's a very, very tough life being both a founder and a CEO of a scaling um, business. So tell us a few things about you that we wouldn't know from looking at your LinkedIn profile. How do you uh, perhaps escape from it all? Um, great question. Well, I'm pretty passionate about technology. And so, yes, absolutely. You know, being uh, the founder of a company um, like Chatlingual and of course being the CEO means you're, you're really on 24 yeah. seven. Um, but that is absolutely one of the ways that I am energized. Um, so I suppose because of that, I'm thinking about Chatlingual all the time, which is great. And I, I like that. Uh, when I'm not, uh, I'm in the mountains. Uh, I love to mountain bike. Um, during the summer and the fall, and of course, love to ski during the winter. Um, I'm also a pilot, and so uh, flying is a big part of how we like to spend weekends and go on on local local adventures. Wow, that's incredible! That's a very very uh, full schedule, Justin. Uh, so perhaps leave us with your final thoughts. What what maybe are your recommendations to to six and contact center leaders in 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 this industry? Sure. Keith, I think that I would want to leave folks with maybe three three ideas. You know, one is language matters to your customers. And I think inherently we know that, but uh, statistically, you know, it matters to your customers, but it matters a lot. And it's going to matter to your top line. Um, so as a customer service organization, you need to be meeting your customers where they want to be met. It's just too valuable to your business not to be providing support in, in their native language. Uh, number two is uh, hire for language, uh, or sorry, <laughs> hire for uh, hire for the skill set of customer service, not for language. Don't make language a constraint with the customer service advisors uh, that you're recruiting and training and hiring. Uh, and then the third I would say is uh, leverage technology for a better experience. Provide a better experience to your customers, uh, to your advisors, and to your teams.
And those are three things that we have extensive experience with uh, and we would love to help. And I, I, I guess the key part there is, Justin, is getting it right across all three, customers and staff and technology, not just one. Customers, staff and technology. Yeah, fantastic. Justin, it's been brilliant having you with us today. I hope our listeners have found this as fantastic as I have. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us. Uh, you can find out lots more about the Customer Experience Foundation at cxfo.org. We thank you for joining us at the Customer Experience Foundation, and we hope you can join us next time on The Big Interview.